0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Shalina from Shawty Talk. Thank you for joining me today for our, our next sesh. We have here Courtney Barnes, right? Yes. From Denver, who's actually moving out to California and is an attorney in the cannabis and psychedelic space. And uh, tell us a little about yourself
1: i am thank you for having me so yeah my name is courtney barnes i am an attorney by profession i'm a partner at barnes kaplan and our focus is primarily um, hemp cannabis and psychedelics with sort of a lens towards policy reform so i'm a big policy reform advocate i also serve as the policy advisor for decriminalized nature which is a um, incredible advocacy organization that's helping to draft and pass Local policy reform relating to naturally produced psychedelic compounds such as, you know, psilocybin, DMT, etc. And then I serve as general counsel for SPORE, which is the Society for Psychedelic Outreach, Reform, and Education. Wow! And I also am on the board of Hero Hearts Project, which is this also incredible nonprofit that helps connect veterans with um, psychedelic therapy retreats overseas. So wow! Lots of fun. Um, you know, passion projects and then hemp cannabis, FDA compliance, consumer packaged goods, day to day legal work, as you know. (laughs) Right.
0: Wait, I don't know if I ever asked you this. Um, How did you get into cannabis?
1: Sure. So it's actually kind of a a amusing story. I was at a music festival. um, Which one? So, okay. Uh, I love music festivals. I so. know this one is probably, well, anyway. So it's Rootwire Music Festival, which is Papadosio's music festival. So very heady. Okay. I was there with my older sister. Like heavy? No, it's like jam band electronic kind of. Um, uh, it's like papadosio, which is like Papadozio. So it's, okay. you can look them up. Okay, um, okay, okay, But my sister's a really, really big fan. So we were there with her and the group that we happened to be going with of her friends, um, two of them even more heady. Happened to be getting married at the music festival.
0: Oh wow! Yes, so
1: they were having their little wedding there, and I've never
0: even heard of someone doing a wedding
1: at a music festival. I know, but they're amazing people. Interesting. It was was cute. Um, So they wait. They planned it like. So, on the grounds? So they had their little ceremony there. They're like friends with some of the band members and some of the people putting it oh. on. So it wasn't like for the whole festival, but they right, had right, a setup. Right, right.
0: That's but really cool.
1: It, it it was cool. It was sweet. It's very unique. And um, so I didn't know them very well prior, but they just so happened to be the event coordinators for the National Cannabis Industry Association. Oh, okay. So we made good friends, and I was pursuing um, applying to, to different law schools, and they kind of shared that they shared this office building with this cannabis law firm. And I kind of immediately thought criminal defense, you know, Mm -hmm. and they said, no, we um, they represent like medical cannabis patients to help get access. So this was in 2013 or yeah, 2013. So I was like- You were in what state? I think it was in Ohio. Oh, wow. I was in Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So I was still living in Florida. Wow. Just happened to go to this random music festival with my sister.
0: Um, In Ohio.
1: In Ohio. It's like her favorite brand. Right, right, right. So got connected with them and they were like, if you come to Colorado, you should definitely intern with National Cannabis Industry Association and we can introduce you to this cannabis firm that um, is really helping to represent marijuana patients and helping to push policy reform. So fast forward, I ended up getting into University of Denver's uh, law school Mm -hmm. and interned. I was the National Cannabis Industry Association's first intern. And was like passing out name tags at a kind of you know networking mixer,
0: and um, you were you were the NCIA intern. Uh huh. So I I, I, I well I didn't intern, but I volunteered for the NCBA out here. Okay, the National. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're great. When so, I was in law school, <laughs> similar
1: thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just wanted to you know meet people. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Working in cannabis yeah. was great, and and so especially
0: when you're in law school, right? You oh, you yeah. were go- you yeah. Were, so I just started, so yeah, it yeah. was
1: my um, summer after one L year because you okay. can't like intern yeah, yeah, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. And Which um, is I don't
0: understand that because if you know what you want to do early on, and I, I I remember like in law school they didn't let you until you were two L or three L,
1: right? It makes it's like it's it's like intended to help you study and focus on school, but then at the same time for people that aren't
0: on a full scholarship or that people that have right. to make money, it's just a huge detriment. And then because just like you already you you went into law school knowing you wanted to do this,
1: yeah. So I I definitely you know love. I love the idea of it. So I right. didn't really know for sure what that looked like
0: because I had only had
1: one relationship. Right, right,
0: but You just knew you wanted to do something in it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I would have, you know, made the time earlier. But anyway, so started that summer and ended up meeting um, Christian Cederberg, who is the partner of Vicente Cederberg. Right. And by that time, it was 2014. So they were, um, had just passed, or 2015, excuse me. They had just passed Amendment 64, which is the law that legalized adult use cannabis in Colorado, and they were the firm that in helped write that. So it passed in 2015. I think it was ah. in 2014, but it was, like, in effect at that time.
0: Oh, wait. So then what happened in—I thought it was, like, something in 2012. 2012.
1: So maybe it was being implemented. Excuse okay. me on the numbers. But okay. um, so they were just in the process of implementing adult use. That may be more correct. Okay. And, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. And— um, so gave him my name. He gave me his name, wow. uh, his uh, business card, and then sort of just kind of worked my way into the firm and was able to do a free internship that summer and fell in love. You know, it was like this is a dream job. You're actually making a change and like getting to help right. people. And and then stayed with them for five and a half years. So it was wow. kind of this weird music cannabis crossover. Music cannabis. Oh, they were doing music as well. Well, just my exposure to getting oh, the cannabis. So that was the question. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Started at a music festival, right? ended up, um, you know, five years later, and now I have my own firm. And that was an incredible experience. I got to help draft a lot of different pieces of legislation while working with them. and Right. Um, but yeah, started at Ohio at a tiny little music wow.
0: festival. That's insane. So what's the latest music festival you've gone to?
1: Ooh, so I was um, music festival. So I went to Art With Me in Tulum in November.
0: Wow. Which is a little bit... Um, Wait, Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was
1: a little bit controversial, but I went with some friends that were- Because of COVID? Yeah. Okay. So it was smaller scale, but that was kind of my last, like, music festival, and then um, live music's coming back, so I got to see a couple of yeah. Red Rock shows already this year, which
0: Everybody's been, been going to Tulum, though, like, especially in that part of the year, like, November, December, everybody I knew was going to Tulum.
1: Yes, it was a bit of an escape, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were, made it back safely mm-hmm. and didn't get ill, but-, um, but don't have anything planned immediately this year, but I did get to see a couple of Red Rock shows, which has been, you know, church, it's been... Red Rock? Red Rocks, Colorado. So it's like What's the number one amphitheater. It's this outdoor oh, okay, venue okay. in Colorado. And so those shows are back. So I got to see a couple different shows this summer already, which has been a
0: lot of fun. Oh, nice. Any um, future?
1: Yes. Um, so Rufus Du is playing at Red Rocks in August, so I'm going to go see them. Okay. And then um, Bob Moses and Big Wild are playing... And then um, I'm actually, I think I'm going to go to day trip in L.A. or slightly outside of L.A., which is July 3rd and 4th. So I'm a big
0: live music fan. So. Okay, what kind of music is this? Because I don't know the house artist. House music, Okay. Oh, house music. Yeah, so it's like electronic house oh, music. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Um, do you know Sonar Festival in Barcelona?
1: Ooh, it sounds familiar, but no. Okay,
0: so I went to that when I was out there. And it, that was like a house dubstep yeah sort of edm but it was like 2013 and skrillex was there diplo okay yeah so, so that's a little bit more yeah.
1: hardcore but um but still fun i would love to major to laser overseas yes okay I so that's laser. all the same um same electronic dance music kind of broad scope okay genre but house music's a little bit less bassy for the most part a little bit more melodic and uh, complex in my opinion Got but dance it. music is electronic. It's
0: you know it's electronic dance music at the end of the day. Right. Know. It's funny because I said on someone's podcast like a year ago, I'm like, I hate house music. But I don't know if I hate like, like I don't know what the different yeah. words are. But it sometimes can like for me, I'm like I need words, you know, like with the with the beat. But like I shouldn't say that because like I'm like I kind of like like house music. Like I like I don't know if the yeah, difference. EDM. and they can
1: sample um, yeah. songs with lyrics, but it isn't like a full you know song. Um. On its own, like yeah, it's like but there's lyrics that there can yeah. be yeah, no, but I'll I do like some good music. Yeah, yeah I do because sure. I remember
0: back in like the early 2010s, like I really like it was like a big scene out here, the EDM house. But then I think I kind of got sick of it for a while. That's probably what it was. Never. But I I know, but it, and like I like, like Calvin Harris. I love, uh uh-huh. So I've seen him at Coachella. Oh, fun. So I like that like you know stuff. Yeah, totally. But I mean,
1: it's all live music. It just live music the energy the best, of though. with everyone dancing yeah. and just like being together and. Production's always incredible. Yeah. You know, I'd go see anything, honestly. I just love live music. And especially after having a year off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love live music too. There would be very few shows that I probably wouldn't go to. Have you
0: gone to Coachella? I have not. Interesting. It's like, honestly, like, it's too trendy. It's too, like, it's not, I don't know, like, it's kind of overly... Hyped up!
1: It's definitely one of the most famous music yes. festivals in the United States, but I would totally go. I'm yeah, sure you close. have
0: to go at least once. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's next year, right? They moved it again.
0: Yeah, in April, I think. Yeah, so. But you should definitely definitely. Now that i here,
1: yeah, I haven't done any. California. You got to do the whole road festivals. trip. You got
0: to do the whole thing.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: should go to a music
1: festival. Um, I love music festivals.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so nice to have everyone together. Yeah. And just, I love that freedom of expression. That's freedom what it's all of about. expression, and I think because now with. Cannabis. I think they're going to eventually. Well, I I know outside lands, like Uh, that sort of concept. You can, I think you can buy weed there.
1: Yeah. So outside lands was incredible. It was one of the, no, but we worked on events, um, cannabis events at my other firm. Mm -hmm. And so that was, uh, originally in 2015, we drafted and passed the Denver social use cannabis ordinance was it, which was intended to, um, allow the provision of spaces where people could come and consume cannabis. Okay. What is isn't for purchase? But that's because it's at the local level. And so the city ended up kind of regulating it out of practical success. But during that same kind of time, um, Colorado passed a hospitality bill and it's just been so slow to implement. And then Outside Lands was one of the first, like, big festivals that did that successfully where they got the permits and you could go into kind of a separate section. Mm -hmm. I believe you have checked, like, you know, they have to make sure you're 21 plus and such. But um, it is my understanding, yeah, they got a lot of really great press and it was a huge success where you could... This was um, for... Buy and consume cannabis at an outside lands. Interesting. Yeah, so I... Um, Interesting. It was when a is the role next model. one? They have one in, I believe, like near Halloween. So I think they okay. are having one this year. Wow. Have you gone to Hall of Flowers? I have not. I was going to go last year, but... Okay. So I'm part of the Trailblazers community, which is this incredible cannabis um, kind of thought leader. You're part of a lot of groups. Sort yeah. of. T- I <laughs> you're, know. You're
0: that like, A student that was part of all of the different groups. And- <laughs> right? And then I...
1: Yeah. Um... I'm a very social person, Mm -hmm. I like to think, but... um, I love that, though. So some of the people that put on Hollowflowers are part of the Trailblazer community, but I haven't been able to go because I haven't been in California. So um, when I was working for Vicente Cedarburg, all my kind of travel was Colorado, Texas. You know, we have a California office, so Mm -hmm. they weren't, like, sending people from Colorado to go attend the California conferences, unfortunately.
0: Interesting. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. But soon... Well... And there's one this year, right? For uh, Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's one in October. I think there's apparently two this year. Or no, September and I think December. That's what someone was saying. But yeah. I don't know. I, and I think they're going to be in two different. I think I saw that as well. Yeah, it's so apparently Palm Springs and Santa Rosa.
1: I've heard really good things. They're very well designed.
0: Palm Springs would be fun though because it's close by. Let's go. Let's calm down.
1: Yeah, we got we got music festivals. We got cannabis conferences. Yeah. Um, what else? Can I we feel we the need? vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So no, I'm really excited to be out here and kind of explore what California has to offer. But um, have you gone to
0: the beach yet? I have.
1: I'm a big beach gal. But um talking about, I guess, to pull it back to the psychedelics in California. Right. So one of my biggest and exciting projects that we've been working on with decriminalized nature is Senate Bill 519. Yes. And so Senate Bill 519 would make lawful the personal possession sharing and um cultivation of sort of broad scope psychedelics so not even just psilocybin but also dmt mescaline um and then actually lsd and right now ketamine and mdma right obviously it's been an incredible process it passed the california senate mm-hmm. like, so monumental for drug policy for reform there's never been like a bill that has been so progressive and um and sort of changing mm-hmm. um that's made it like this far there's been about a dozen bills on psilocybin and therapy access introduced throughout the country this session but not many of them go anywhere it's Mm -hmm. kind of more of a platform and a statement on the person that's introducing the bill and really important it gets a dialogue going but to pass the california senate is Mm -hmm. incredible and so now it'll go through its first um committee process on the assembly side june 29th and Mm -hmm. so um not to do, like, a plug out here, but if you are interested in supporting the bill, please contact Decriminalized Nature because they are accepting letters of support till the 24th. Okay. And it's, like, like I said, my biggest project and exciting kind of, like, thing right, that right, I'm working right. on right now. And, and it has the potential to just change the world. And so many lives in yeah. California is such a, um, like, thought leader when it comes to policy reform, you know, like, gay marriage. And, mm-hmm. and it, it can really serve as the domino for reform in other places. And so...
0: Um, yeah it's really really exciting to be here right now and to be a part of that we were talking about that we did two episodes on that and um I was gonna mention that later on but yeah sorry no 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 no. I'm glad you brought it up because I was that was one of the things a couple of things I was gonna talk about um but that was one of them and so you're you're, so are you behind it or is it
1: so there's a there's a variety of different stakeholders, but um, Decriminalize Nature, I am their policy advisor, so I can okay. help draft language on behalf of them in certain circumstances. So we were able to submit um, a variety of different pieces of the bill, okay. as well as help with the amendment process. And so it's definitely a group effort, like, you know, not just right, be right, right. at all for, for the compilation there. But um, MAPS is also right. um, a stakeholder. Uh, Dr. Bronner, you know, David Bronner, he's involved. Like, there's a lot of... Um, Hero Cards Project, a lot of really great advocacy and um, research, you know, organizations that a are, lot. are working on it. Right. Um, but Senator Weiner has been incredible in how open he has been and how, like, you know, authentic he's been with his support and pushing this dialogue forward. And so we've really created something incredible and for it to make it as far as it has without getting entirely watered down already, um, right. is, is, is remarkable. And so hopefully the Senate or excuse me, the assembly process will keep at least the core of it intact and we can get it passed. And right. California would be like the first state
0: to do something like that. But wait, so you were involved with the Colorado one, right?
1: So I helped draft, um, the Denver decriminalization of psilocybin okay. initiative in uh, 2019. It passed. It was, we started in 2018. Can you talk tell yeah, me about Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first foray into, um, like, psychedelics policy reform, and I'm a big policy nerd, but essentially some of the group that ran the Denver Social Consumption Ordinance, which was a successful voter-initiated ordinance, so Mm -hmm. Denver's lucky that they have um, a petition process where you can, you know, submit, collect signatures and, and kind of, like, pass what you'd like to get passed if you can get the support Mm -hmm. and so we uh it was the first city in the country to pass anything like that of its kind and we went through the voter initiative route because at the time the mayor and city council wouldn't have you know it just was unheard of right um but that makes the personal use propagation and um possession of psilocybin mushrooms the city of denver's lowest law enforcement priority Mm -hmm. which is kind of the the crux of what you can really do at the local level because drugs are regulated at the state and federal level. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can say that like it's legal but it would be preempted you have that kind of override right. argument so it's the lowest law enforcement priority it prohibits the city from spending funds to assist with the enforcement of these laws and or prosecution and arrest. Mm-hmm. and then um, created this policy review panel which is coming out with this comprehensive report actually at the end of this month and what's been really incredible about that is since it was passed in 2019 there's been like maybe i think like 35 arrests total mm-hmm. about 85% of them or so um involved like other substances so it wasn't just psilocybin and then the ones that were related to psilocybin um were all were all like dropped by the da so they had the meeting with the sheriff's office and other like local officials, and like there's been no significant, you know, mental or medical health emergencies. Like there's been like no increased crime, no violence, mm-hmm. no you know negative indications associated with this passage. So it's been a success, and so we're working now to um, submit recommendations to expand the applicability of the ordinance um, to just kind of include more uh, more content because because we've shown that nothing bad happened as a result. And then hopefully we can use that to serve as a catalyst for state reform in Colorado, whether next year or in the coming years, hopefully as soon as possible. So there's a lot of cool stuff in the works. And then since that time, Oakland passed its resolution shortly after in 2020, which is a resolution. So it's a little bit different in that it's more of a statement of policy by the city. It doesn't actually go into the code, um, but you can have a little bit more flexibility that way because you're kind mm-hmm. of just stating your opinion. But it, in practicality, they have the same effect. There haven't been many arrests. You know, um, the DAs are being willing to drop these cases because they believe in that it should be the lowest law enforcement priority, and there's much better things for these law enforcement mm-hmm. officers to be doing. And then um, since Oakland passed, there's been like seven or eight municipalities now. So we have Santa Cruz passed a decrim mm-hmm. measure, Cambridge, Somerville, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Washington, D.C. Um, Oregon. Oregon did a statewide personal possession mm-hmm. uh, decrim bill, which passed. And then they also have their uh, therapeutic access model for psilocybin, which is mm-hmm. being implemented, yes. now, which is pretty profound. So that'll That's be amazing gonna be to watch. Huge. Yeah. Because
0: I think that that will really help. And I th- I think really pushing for that, especially in like for California and just the bigger states, like in getting that like that awareness out, like how it can help with Absolutely. treatment. Absolutely. I think people will change their perception on it
1: absolutely cannabis has been you know as as many things we could have done differently and better with mm-hmm. cannabis it's been an incredible right. um you know framework uh yeah framework for, as a first mover to show that like maybe the government wasn't entirely correct in right. how it classified these substances and maybe you know as schedule one is you know no therapeutic use no accepted medical use lack of sep- accepted safety under medical supervision like all of these things just aren't true, and science has proven time and time again that, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't satisfy that classification. But now that we have cannabis in, like, 30-plus states and, um, you know, hemp is legal federally and mm-hmm. people are seeing, like, this is actually improving people's lives and helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more open-minded to hearing research that's contrary to what they were upbrought or up, um, contrary to what they learned um as a kid or as or just up mm-hmm. until the past few years ago and are more open minded to exploring new information and sources of information. And the research is, you know, consistently positive when it comes to psilocybin mm-hmm. and these other substances. They're non-addictive. They're very safe. They're incredibly effective. Yeah. In, for in medical- many, Yeah. So many different indications. So. Oregon's gonna be incredible because it's
0: gonna provide kind of that data right. yeah yeah kind of like how Colorado did for cannabis yeah so
1: yeah especially so this will be like your first medical cannabis model but right still assignment right so it's exciting
0: interesting because I was reading earlier about an article from uh the Harvard Gazette like the Harvard Law School and there was a and I actually posted it on Instagram and I was like read this section because it was hitting what you just said like how not that like we've been oh, that they were giving us, you know, they didn't know any better about these drugs. I think they knew that. I, I think that not only maybe they didn't, they knew where they didn't know, they apparently, and I don't know if you know much about like, um, it's going to sound silly, but like MK Ultra and how are they were back in the 50s, like they were trying to basically like mind manipulate people through these drugs. And in the article, it says that they were basically like, they were giving us false information because they were trying to see if they could control people, like mind control people with these drugs. And that's how they essentially banned them. Because I, I, it was a weird, I don't know, it was just interesting what that article said about how there is, that they knew that they, they were doing it for a purpose of trying to control people.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, the war on drugs is like a product of racism right. and, um, you know, and oppressing anti-war sentiment and immigration mm-hmm. and kind of the like political environment at the time. And like, um, there was, Great research coming out in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. on these compounds, and then well, they
0: banned it. Remember, the, the yeah. panel, they just out of nowhere, people—they just banned it.
1: But it wasn't like there wasn't good research coming out right. at the time. Right. But it was just you know um there what was kind, kind of the Timothy of re- yeah. Leary and like you know a couple like bad media and yeah. press and kind of the hysteria of
0: Nixon. the hippie sentiment. Yeah. yeah, and
1: um and then it was just so swift, and mm-hmm. we ended up with you know missing out on almost fifty years of. Incredible research that we could be doing. So now we're seeing this like renaissance of this excitement for it, and
0: a um, lot of companies, like big big companies, like in Canada, like they're all researching now. Like oh yeah, the patenting investment stuff
1: in these compounds is is incredible, yeah. and um, and the patent thing is you know controversial, yeah. but it that's just shows that these compounds are really actually effective. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? that's
0: interesting that you say it's controversial.
1: Sure. So I mean, there's. There's, you know, the the pr- the purpose of patents is to um, inspire and generate more innovation. Right, and if people can't, you know, get compensation or um, or protecting value out what of, they, yeah, then like it makes sense. That's kind of what it was mm-hmm. stated for. But just kind of creating and capturing molecules to profit off of them um, when they have the potential, and then like you know hiking up the prices, just like with a lot of the issues we have with mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies. It's just that these products are. For the most part, natural compounds that everyone should have access to—they mm-hmm. shouldn't be illegal to begin with. You shouldn't be criminalized for like using or cultivating something that can grow naturally out of the ground. Right. Um, you know, we have dozens of different species of mushrooms that you eat and will kill you immediately. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. Yeah. On that, your own like, lawn, will actually help you. Yeah. And won't kill you. You can't really overdose. And those are illegal, totally. And it's just like so. Where's the public safety rationale
0: there, right? Yeah, literally on your front lawn. I remember as a kid, like, don't eat those. Yeah. They're poisonous. And yeah. like if you had dogs or anything, like you'd be very careful. And like, yeah, that's a good totally point. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, can have the ones that can actually treat you, they're like, No, 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 can't have those. Yeah,
1: right. It's just <laughs> well, you'll go to jail for the rest of your life. And you wow. might. And so, um so the patent thing's just kinda tricky because it's just like these comments really have the potential to heal people mm-hmm. and they should we should be creating a system where there's equitable access and affordable access and um to kind of just have the people with the most money um, having the opportunity to kind of capture and profit off of the trauma that's been created by the people with the most money you know mm-hmm. like it's kind of um, you know I'm 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 a lawyer so I won't say on either side of it but I just think that we I am so passionate about expanding decriminalization as quickly and swiftly as possible because if we can get to a space where at least people aren't going to be going to jail for using and growing mm-hmm. these compounds then we can work on the nuances of you know capitalism and policy and how to like Create a responsible industry out of it Mm -hmm. because that's inevitable um but right now it's just like same with cannabis like we need equitable access we need inclusion we need Mm -hmm. people that all the people that have suffered from the war on drugs and that have like really like continued the tradition and like carried these medicines for generations and generations Mm -hmm. um so that I can heal so that I can have access to them and everyone else can like they need to be a part of the dialogue and um And I think cannabis is trying to do that but could have done a better job. And we have an opportunity here to do it right with psychedelics. So Mm -hmm. I just try to, like, remind people of that when there's, like, so much opportunity and money Mm -hmm. to be made. But at the same time, like, let's think about, like, why they're so valuable. And that's because they can really create community and, you know, reconnect people with nature and, like, find self-love and healing and heal intergenerational trauma and just, like – but I do think that expanding use and access in a responsible setting helps create that kind of dialogue within um, yourself too, and then and then mm-hmm. you can be more open minded about about sharing the medicine and and making sure that people you know can access it in an affordable way.
0: Right. you okay, so decriminalize nature. I was doing a little research um about you guys, and you are you so you guys are for decriminalizing, but not for legalizing. And that, I think, is huge. And I think that that's a great thing to kind of explain better because people are like, oh, it's decriminalized, it's legal. I'm like, no, 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 it's not legal. And I think that it's more so the possession versus the sale. Like, for legalization, it's a market. Decriminalized is more just possession and more mental, I feel.
1: Sure, so that's a really great question and a a great point. So decriminalized nature isn't um, against legalization, but their focus is decriminalization because— We need that first. We need, like, put very simply, like, decriminalization usually, yes, refers Mm -hmm. to, like, limited activities. So possession, maybe possession cultivation. But it's still illegal. Social sharing. So you're not, like, it's still a Schedule 1 controlled substance. It's still illegal. There's civil consequences. You know, you still have the asset forfeiture. You still cannot get a job. Like, there's all those Mm -hmm. ancillary um, negative impacts of it still being criminalized. But you're removing the, like, you won't have to go to criminal court if you right, are have a small in violation amount. of right. this, whatever it is. You know, you can make it whatever it is. Legalization is like state authorization to engage in certain activities, right. so it's like sanctioning that conduct. But also, when you create legalization, you end up with like a whole new bucket of criminalized right. activity. You know, so we legalize cannabis, um, and now you can possess it, but now possessing it over a certain amount is illegal, or like right. if you sell your product. And don't follow the compliance rules. You're breaking the law. You know, right. like, so you create this whole new bucket of um, illegal activity or non-compliance. And um, so that's important because legalization allows for access models and allows for um, alleviating all of those ancillary consequences mm-hmm. associated with use. So like you know, getting a job, your criminal right. record, all of those kind of things. But um, but it needs to be done very thoughtfully because again, we end up in a scenario where you're giving all the power to the people that never, like, suffered the consequences of having um, it criminalized to begin with or that, like, didn't bring these substances Mm -hmm. to where they are today so that people can have access to them. And so decriminalized nature isn't against legalization, but it's just something when it comes to psychedelics, it's, they're very much about ensuring community-based healing. So, like, for the community... um, for the community to benefit and, and for community members to benefit and contribute to it. And so equitable access is like a big mm-hmm. thing for them. And then also understanding that because this is such a like complicated history and in, in each compound has its own kind of history. You know, peyote's got its own thing. It's with mm-hmm. it being, um, you know, in, endangered essentially. And, and, um, 5-MeO, psilocybin, like there's all, they all have this such like rich cultural, um, and spiritual and like historical use that right. like needs to be in other considered in like yeah right.
0: and and really um That's another thing that article was saying exactly what you just said. Yeah, spiritual, so religious, which you, is so true.
1: Yeah, so you can't just like it's not like a one size fits all right. regulation where like, okay, now we'll just like copy cannabis and let's right, go. Right. You can't. And so that's but cannabis
0: also can be used
1: spiritual and
0: oh absolutely. So yeah, but I think with the I see what you're saying, because that's that's like a tripping. Like yeah. that's a Different dimension. <laughs>
1: it is a different dimension, yeah. and um, and the, like the religious component of right. some of these compounds is like needs to be respected, and also the like um, cultural, like you right. know, these indigenous groups that have been like like I said, carrying these medicines, um, mm-hmm. so that we now can enjoy their benefits um, without exploiting them. So it's just kind of like decriminalization. We can all agree upon. No one should be going to jail for possessing using. Right. Period. Just it's insane. Um, when it comes to what access should look like. We need to be really thoughtful, and I don't know that we're entire—it's not that we're not ready. I Like, it would be great to be able to go purchase them in a regulated model and have it tested and all that, but that answer is less clear of what that should look like.
0: We Um, don't have anywhere in the world that's like—I mean, I know Portugal is— decriminalized all drugs right yeah and that their quality of life has ranked the top of the world
1: yep it's all of the statistics yeah have been positive for the most part and, and they
0: they help you with addiction treatments and they they actually push for that rehabilitation process
1: yes treating um you know substance use as a mental health issue is is exactly how it should be treated in mm-hmm. a criminal justice issue and so oregon will be a great right. um source of information as to for the west
0: side, for for, us side. yeah well mm-hmm. just state
1: regulation generally mm-hmm. so that's going to be like i said like your first medical cannabis state for right. psilocybin and you won't be able to take it home you'll have to use it under the supervision of a facilitator right but they did use a lot of the cannabis <laughs> lessons learned i mean it's a 70 page like it's a very mm-hmm. long um uh, piece of legislation and so there's no like indications you don't have to have ptsd or depression like you know, Texas just expanded to non-terminal cancer and PTSD, like... For cannabis. For cannabis. Right. And so it's so limited. They have, like, right. under 7,000 patients. And it's a shame because right. people need access to this and are still going to go to jail for using it in a non-compliant setting. Right. Um, but Oregon, so you don't have to have a particular, like, health indication. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll be able to go there and work with the trained. Like, there'll be licenses available, so it'll be kind of like the first real, like state authorized um access model for psilocybin and then california if it passes would be more non-commercial so personal possession personal use personal cultivation um but also really profound and remarkable and exciting so if we can get organ implemented and successful and and get people healing Mm -hmm. and showing that what that data looks like because these are just really safe compounds if they're used in the proper set and setting like all of the like horror stories proper
0: setting proper dosage yes and education and environment and like psilocybin's a little different the way it's made from cannabis like the compounds in it are
1: well so psilocybin's um the active ingredient in mushrooms so it's just fungi so it's quite easy to cultivate um and it doesn't take like significant processing or anything like that um, but
0: you know, it can be made into a lot of different forms, and it can be made indoor too. Uh huh, yeah, that's it's, what's crazy. And I it's mean, like small it's and bad. clean and yeah. safe,
1: and like there's no harsh chemicals needed, yeah. and it's in a contained environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really just that, like, you know, your first experience with not knowing how much to take. You know, mm-hmm. in high school, they're like, take an eighth or nothing, and it's like,
0: you don't that's even know bad. what you're getting. You know, like, that's another thing. This article said this article had everything, it was saying that, like, <laughs> people, when you're not you don't know what you're taking and how much you take and it actually and i've heard from other people that have taken it that have never really recovered and they're like because they weren't in the mental state to take it and they took too much and they go i couldn't let go or i couldn't and they're like i'm still dealing with the emotions from it so i see why the medical is so important yeah
1: it's like your first it's like the edible yeah. scenario yeah you know, like you didn't know <laughs> any better you ate the chocolate bar and then right. you're having an anxiety
0: attack and right um that one gives you like yeah, well, I don't. I mean, and everyone's different, and yeah. there
1: are certain mental health indications where like you definitely want to like be thoughtful and do your research. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not for everyone, but it is safe for many, many people right. if done thoughtfully correctly in, with education and and yeah. And like, the
0: lack of education is what because you'll hear from like I this is like a grown man. He's like I took an eighth, and I'm like he's like I just it was too much. I couldn't like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and if you're at like. Diplo or whatever, yeah. you know, like in a high, uh, um, high kind of loud, loud environment. environment with all sorts of lights and or your friends aren't super supportive right. and they're making fun of you or, you know, like it's just kind of those youth kind of
0: right. scenarios when you just don't know any better. When you don't know any better. Um, but you put yourself in a bad situation and you're like, I shouldn't have done this.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. then,
0: and that can be like,
1: it's a long you know session it's it's four to six hours it
0: can lsd is even longer sometimes like yeah. you can have a bad but the time effects after apparently like they do affect you
1: i mean if you had yeah. a traumatic experience on it like absolutely it's, yeah it's just like having you know any other not, kind not of-
0: anything bad but that, that it, it- because it does affect your body in different ways that it does trigger things. So it's like, a, of course, anything you take, your body's going to have a reaction or side effect. So if- Or not a bad, not in a negative way, but just yeah, you'll feel something different.
1: Yeah. So it's a psychoactive compound. And, um, you know, that's why it's so great that certain states are removing testing equipment from their definition of paraphernalia, because it's insane that you are, it's a separate crime to- get your product tested to know what you're putting in your body and that's Mm. been the case in like so many states so dance safe and um some other kind of like advocacy organizations have been really great in pushing for reform so colorado just removed like testing equipment from what do you mean so like to like go get even with ecstasy or something so you can get a test kit to make sure like all the fentanyl issues okay with cocaine and and such and it being cut with different okay So, harm reduction would be know what you're taking, know what you're putting in your body, know Uh, the quality. okay. And up until, like, a couple years ago, like, there's still so many states that criminalize testing equipment as drug paraphernalia. So, like, they want people to not get hurt from using controlled substances or not use them at all. But then uh, such an important tool is being able to test your product and understand what's in it and the quantities that are in it Mm -hmm. and know if it's cut with anything dangerous. Um, And that's been, like, its own separate crime for, like, A long time in many many states so Colorado just removed it from its definition which is huge and um so I think that's a really important tool eventually you know there's its own kind of considerations with quality if you're like picking mushrooms out of Mm -hmm. a field you know you have some contamination issues and potential Mm -hmm. stuff there but um that's why it's just ridiculous that these comments continue to be criminalized because they're not actually criminalization isn't the like harm reduction tool that we need as America. Oh so they created
0: this system, but then they would well it's just like all or
1: nothing, right? So it's it's you can't do anything. It's criminal if you use it. There's but there's no it's Schedule One drugs are criminalized essentially or or heavily restricted from being used because lack of safety for use, um, you mm-hmm. know, high addiction potential, um no accepted medical value. And it's like these are all public health criteria. Right. But in practicality That's false. It's not helping criminalization is like a public health hazard like right. um, then people right. aren't going to get tested like people aren't um, being safe people are hiding what they're using you get scared they go to the doctor and don't tell them that they're yeah. using these substances so there's like mm-hmm. creates all these negative ancillary consequences where if they just decriminalized it allowed it to be used treated it like a medical or mental health issue um we could like save a lot of lives and not specifically with psychedelics, but just drug
0: policy in general, you know? Right. Um, Doctors sometimes would be like, don't tell me that stuff. I've heard that. Like they don't want to hear certain things, but it's like, if if I can't tell you. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And how do you
1: get good information? And so, um, so it's really exciting to be as a part of the like reform movement and it's moving so fast. And same with cannabis. It's just like, it's nice to like be a lawyer. I'm sure as you understand in like a field of law, you're making people happy and,
0: yeah um, and it's such like a cool like energy with people, and it's not so stuffy and it's not totally I don't know, it's just different. People I'm sure you love feel what it. they're doing, yeah
1: you know, like people generally are in the space because they want to be and like it's not just like what they were told to do like it's actually right kind of anti mainstream right and so um, you get a lot of creative, really inspiring people, and they're not you know they're a little bit um less risk averse and mm-hmm. and that's how you make change, right you gotta take a risk so right. Right, um,
0: like you did. It's cool. Yeah, I
1: mean, being a lawyer like you, like all of it's calculated yeah. um, risk, but then once you kind of see how it can affect people and change people and like really truly believe in what you're doing, it kind of, you know, it makes it worth it. And so right. hopefully we'll get to a place where people, there isn't a risk of going to jail for talking about or using Right. Or like, Consuming these
0: substances. And um, I think everyone, I mean, even sometimes I feel like, oh, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say that. I'm afraid. Like, it's like, and again, no legal advice. Like, yeah. <laughs> I to make, just the two attorneys, not legal advice. Right. Like,
1: absolutely not advocating <laughs> for engaging in illegal no. activity. But I am advocating for legalizing Reform. and decriminalizing yeah. this activity.
0: What is your perfect scenario for the U.S.?
1: Ooh, I mean, I think blanket decriminalization across the board and then of
0: all did you hear about the new federal uh, decriminalization bill of all drugs
1: yeah I believe so it's just it doesn't make sense like I said if you want to protect people then sure maybe I mean it's just hard because it's all arbitrary so like let's set a possession quantity okay well then what does that mean you know like um, same with hemp 0.3% THC it's like okay that was based on you know it's just arbitrary but right. I think like having an environment where people do not go to jail they're not going to be feared of getting arrested for using and consuming controlled substances and um and that's like such a term with a stigma anyway like for altering their state of consciousness you should have freedom over your body and your brain in every mm-hmm. sense of that word and then you have harm well, reduction you consume yeah, yeah like I should be able to like explore different states of consciousness like mm-hmm. um, they don't want you to no because <laughs> you might end up you know discovering happy and loving yourself <laughs> and not needing all yeah. of the material things or whatever prescription pills yeah exactly even
0: packaged foods
1: there's so much money to yeah. be made on illness um, right that it's it's tough and um, so I think at least having a scenario yeah where people aren't ruining their lives aren't able to get jobs like they go to jail even with cannabis and it's right. like you serve your time and but you still can't get a job. You still can't get a house. Right. You can't get great credit. Like, these things impact people's lives forever. And, and their families. And their families. And then you mm-hmm. pass it down to your kid and you're raised, you know, like. And so, um, yeah, just eliminating this criminal consequences of just, like, non-violent personal activity. Right. I think would be ideal. And then, obviously, as a, you know, in an ideal perfect setting, I would love to be able to have access to these compounds in a tested, regulated, affordable mechanism. But at a minimum I think people should be able to grow and cultivate whatever they seem appropriate. Okay. And then regulate commerce, sure. Like, you know, you can grow your own tomato in your backyard if you're mm-hmm. gonna put it in tomato sauce, can it, and send it across the state, then you're part of, you know, you're back into
0: federal But wouldn't um, they see even just growing, that would also constitute engaging in commerce? So
1: yeah, we if can I'm get in the constitutional, constitutional law. law.
0: <laughs> um yes Theoretically, because I that always bothered me because I was like, How is growing my own? Because we used the the cannabis example in law school, and I was right? Like, how can't how is growing my own affecting commerce? They're like, Well, it's preventing you from actually purchasing like in the shops and all that, so it does affect it in a way. It's like
1: everything affects commerce, yes, to a certain degree, but um, purely state legal activity. A state, interstate activity so you know farmer's market mm-hmm. um growing it and eating it in your backyard if if it was just legal to cultivate and use and then sure put restrictions on sale and commercial activity um that's a win you know mm-hmm. i just like it's just it's just so like i said mushrooms kill you totally fine mushrooms <laughs> help you totally legal and it just um so yeah i think decrim personal possession cultivation that should all be like you should be able to do that i would actually say Legalized possession and cultivation, and then commercial activity. There should be testing. There should be, you know, quality standards. But you should yeah. have access to them because people are going to access them anyway. Like they're already if there's doing it. Anything that. we've yeah. learned, like drug use has increased. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will always find a way to get these compounds. If and you want to so, do
0: heroin, you're going to find a way to do heroin. Yeah. yeah. And so
1: why don't we at least test it and make sure it's not cut with something? And like, right, maybe dose it outright and use clean needles and you know provide a space where you can get the mental health issues you or like you know, the help you need to address or at least work on or at least, you know, like have the support you need to work on whatever it is that is making you feel like you need this compound to feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so beautiful, but it's actually like a great transition about psychedelics is because it's like the comments themselves are not, like, the solution. They provide you with a exposure to a different way of thinking to show yourself that you are capable of seeing things differently Right. And capable of approaching that traumatic, embarrassing experience with, like, understanding mm-hmm. and love and, like, forgiving yourself for what other people have done for you and what you've done for, like, wrong to other people mm-hmm. and just, like, showing you that you can have that mindset on your own. Right. And then you use that change of perspective to, like, go about your life and so like you know it's not these comments where you just like take it to take it to take it it's right to help 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 enhance you you. yeah and yeah and become a better person so you don't feel
0: like you need these other substances so much less harm less crime yeah self-acceptance and just like
1: when you have that self-acceptance and like peace and like love within um it alleviates a lot of those other kind of like reasons why we look to other substances to help us bury or repress mm-hmm. or distract us from these feelings that we don't want to feel because they're uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's what I, like,
0: yeah, that's what certain, like, you know, dr- alcohol and stuff like that, like it suppresses certain yeah, feelings.
1: same with like antidepressants. Antidepressants. So, like, it's not solving why you're depressed. Right. It it's numbs just, it. I mean, it's it's just, yeah, it's, it's like relieving the symptoms but not addressing yeah. the cause. And psychedelics are actually like a way to really... Dissect and review and look at the cause. Yeah, make and, you face peel your back fears. those layers. Yeah, like I've like um you know like it's just you kind of lose that sort of ego that right. is a block from you in therapy. It's really like the getting the to death. what's like going on. You right. know, like for example, like I've had an experience that was like really really profound with psilocybin and a therapeutic experience, and it was like some the stuff that came up was like i never would have brought that up in therapy because i didn't think it bothered me like i thought like right. i don't care you suppressed it she's whatever like you know f her whatever like you know whatever it was but then when you're kind of like in this like super vulnerable like mm-hmm. emotional like egoless child state you're like wait that like really hurt my feelings like that right. was tough and you get to sit with that sadness and then like let go let of go some it. of that weight you know right. and i'm very fortunate like to have not experienced any like real significant trauma, but it it's you know it's profound for almost everyone. Mm-hmm. It's it has huge potential, and I think that's what's so beautiful about expanding access to these compounds because we have the opportunity to really decrease our
0: reliance on pharmaceuticals and to decrease our reliance on alcohol and all of these well, kind they of the big, substances, big companies, and the big pharma and all that. They don't want you. They want you to be reliant on those. Drugs. I
1: know. So that's kind of the catch-22 with like at least big pharma at least um, is exploring them Yeah, they they recognize the money in that too.
0: Sadly enough.
1: Yeah. And at least they're like, you know, high vibration, like good compounds that we should have more of. And and, and as a lawyer too, like pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical route is important because there's going to be, there's a large segment of the population that's not going to access these compounds and have the potential to heal from these compounds in, in any other setting so like you know like same with cannabis like people there's so many people that didn't use cannabis because it was illegal but now when there's like like a acceptable state authorized way to do it or in a clinical setting um people are more comfortable with that right. so, so i've been going through like it's in phase three um for ptsd like that's that's really important and we need that research mm-hmm. and we need that pharmaceutical access because there's people that won't access it in any other way, but we also need to be, like, thoughtful and respectful of, like, a huge portion of the population that isn't going to go to a doctor, that isn't going to get health insurance, that's not going to, like, go into a sterile white room to, like, heal their trauma, and that have been, more importantly, like, using these compounds religiously and ceremonially... They have no awareness of it. for thousands of years. Yeah. So, like, community-based healing ceremony is, like, super important and needs to be available, and then the pharmaceutical route is also an important... Those are the two biggest things... To
0: that, yeah, and then personal use. Like yeah. you should have Recreational. This,
1: be able to grow yeah. and possess what you can grow. The, the second ground.
0: they would decide for a law to grow, then they're gonna want to cut on that.
1: And- yeah, I mean it's just that's the whole decriminalized nature thing. Like mm-hmm. this these are it's nature. We gotta keep we're pushing nature decriminalized Nature compounds. These are natural compounds. That. They grow from the ground. Yeah. They're you know, God, the universe is creation. For us to not be able to like Right. Access them. It's right. just It's just,
0: it's insane. Well, they're going to, it's again, profit for them. Yeah. They'll have to find and a way. just
1: undoing a history of prohibition. Like we have to unwind mm-hmm. a lot of um, things More that we drugs. did wrong, but but we're doing it. And that's what's yes. so exciting. And, and you're so. part of that. So yeah. I favorite. mean, but you two working in yeah. cannabis, like, and just... Ex- Providing more exposure and educating people and, like, providing a platform for people to talk about this stuff is, like, yeah. is what we need more of. Because the more people we can have that are willing to share their stories, right. as we were talking about earlier, like, and come out and, like, you know.
0: Be a leader, in, in yeah. In addition
1: to the stereotypical user, because they're just as valid and genuine, too. Right. Also, the professionals and the veterans and the professional athletes mm-hmm. and the lawyers and the, that
0: like everyone aren't afraid to show that like these yeah. substances
1: work and they're important and we need them now more than
0: ever after. right we need people's voices now more than yeah,
1: ever yeah and just and like we need healing and mental health like support and that's effective right we just had you know a pandemic we're still in it and for a year of people like anxiety has skyrocketed all of these mental health indications right. have really skyrocketed and um and the treatment that's available traditionally is just like consistently not doing it's it poor very poor so this is kind of a whole new world of um you know really being able to expand the potential of uh, psychiatry and and what we can do to just make people happier right so it's really it's yeah
0: hopefully one day at a festival exactly right (laughs) i
1: would like that so yeah
0: whatever progress is progress progress is progress and i think again like these sorts of conversations even to just uh, like allow people to see it from a different perspective because again now that like because cannabis was so crazy a couple years ago now it's like you throw psilocybin and there people like whoa But it's like, we need to talk about it. Like Mike Tyson, he talks about it regularly on his podcast. And he talks about like, I don't know if you've heard like the DMT experiences he has and he goes, he talks about, like, the toad and, like, just how profound it was on his life and how it, like, really it changed him. He's, like, and he said the, the death of the ego. Yeah. And that's, like you said, the ego. So that's what I think people are also afraid of to, like, let go of is the ego. It is. It
1: is. It's your defense mechanism, mm-hmm. right? It's a protection. Your pride. It's a protection tool. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's an important piece of who you are. But at the same time, the more that we can, like, realize how similar and, like, Mm-hmm. one we are as a universe and as people um, one in circle the much better we'll be um, and so yeah I, exactly Mike Tyson um, I know has come out and there's been a lot of really great people coming out to show how it's helped them and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that is really really important because um, yeah we have like 50 years of misinformation to 50, talk you, about
0: because yeah. if you think about it like that I mean that's not that long
1: no but you know, my parents. Yeah. In my
0: upbringing, you know. Yeah, they re- that generation really is just not for it. Like, I mean, they're they're more, a uh, like. Cool well, with cannabis them has been so helpful, right? Y- yes. Now it's like grandma CBD. They the love CBD, CBD. You know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. And like
1: Um, and so getting that, like, that's why cannabis has been an incredible kind of gateway. Yeah. Reform. Gateway. Yes. Uh, to, to get to people show in. You, like, look, no one died. States are making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, We're building schools. We're, you know, helping all sorts of things. And so imagine what we could do with all of these other compounds that we just haven't even been able to touch or research or have access to. Like, I mean, the DEA just approved additional cultivation license for domestic cultivation for cannabis. They've had one licensed producer that has a DEA permit, which is the University of Mississippi, for like 30 years. Interesting. And it took Sue Sisley, who's this incredible um, cannabis researcher. She does uh, research on a lot of other controlled substances as well, like suing the DEA Mm -hmm. to get progress because if you only have one source of cannabis and this is the same cannabis that's been cultivated for 30 years, it's not like what's available in the market at all, you know? And then the research isn't as good because you're not using good quality cannabis. Interesting. so, um, So we're just now seeing like this kind of begrudging Expansion of mm-hmm. access from the DEA um, to do better research and that's the biggest thing with these schedule One substances is they're so hard to get the approvals at the federal and state level to research these substances so we can't know whether things have changed um, but mm-hmm. now that's all starting to change and with being able to synthetically produce these molecules it's a little bit easier to get drugs approved and so yeah it'll be exciting to like have this conversation in like two years and five years and see where we're at. Uh,
0: because if you think about it, like, yeah, in two years, I mean, you think the the decriminalization bill in California will pass. When do I you think am, that will pass? I am very hopeful that it will pass. I, when?
1: Um, so it goes through its first committee, June 29th, then it goes through another one in July. Um, and so it usually goes to, through about like three committees and then goes to the floor. Okay. And so if it can get an, a vote on the floor, like, I think it can pass. I like...
0: Doesn't the governor have to sign it?
1: The governor has to sign okay. it. Okay. And so he's, you know, um, got his own stuff going on, but... <laughs> um, but for it to pass the Senate is incredible. Yeah, huge. So I, I'd huge. love to like believe in that momentum and we have yeah. so many great advocates that are pushing for it. Yeah. Right. As quickly as it yeah. did. And, um, and keeping really the like heart of it. Um, there was some amendments that are a little bit of a bummer that got removed with respect to like record ceiling reparations. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we can keep the crux of the bill intact throughout this process and, and get the votes from the assembly, like, yeah, California can, really really establish itself again as a leader in drug policy reform and just like yeah. mental health and um, criminal justice and um so i am confident you know without jinxing it or whatever but just seeing how it's progressed this far and how many advocates are there working to support it and if you do really believe in it i can't express enough to write a letter of support um to the assembly because it's going to be read wait so how do you do that you just so Decriminalize Nature's Instagram and their website will have a portal. It has a okay. link and you can submit it to them or you can submit it. They'll give you instructions on how to submit a letter of support in, as, in support of Senate Bill 519 um, to the Assembly. So they did this process for the Senate. Okay. But those letters won't carry over. So we oh, need okay. everyone to you submit You need new letters. Yeah. Got and it. And so there's just so many great advocates that are like really truly believing in this and are putting in the work. And it's like. You know if you can't make a donation then like make a
0: call and make a yeah you know, even like, social media is huge for this absolutely he, they're really promoting like the use of it and how to use it and yeah they're 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 a really
1: great organization and um the time is now for california so yes. it's really really exciting and then um yeah we should see we should see michigan in, introduced a bill we have a for,
0: like, de- for psilocybin
1: for uh, psil- a psilocybin and other entheogens for decriminalization of possession wow. and um, and then Colorado's in the works for 2022, hopefully. And um, you know, we had Florida, Hawaii. There was all sorts of states, and so um, it's a really, really big year for drug policy reform. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we just got to keep the momentum going
0: and and change the world. Change the world. I love that. It. It's, it's, I mean, you think about it, it's been years and years of people just working hard at this, and now it's like finally, yeah, you're seeing something. Like with, I mean, again, this bill in California is huge. People are not, like, really thinking about it. Again, they think, oh, it's going to be legal, psilocybin, all these drugs. It's like, no, we decriminalized.
1: Yeah, so it does have a provision in the bill. It is called a decriminalization bill, but it right. does have a, a sexy little provision that says um, shall be lawful, but it's still not for commercial activities. So right, social. It would technically legalize, like, possession, and, right. but not sales or distribution right
0: right right so just possession versus
1: um possession propagation is a cultivation for yourself and then um and then use and so it would it would allow you to kind of like grow use and and consume on your own um and then yeah so it does have that nice little provision in there but um but then it is a a generic generally a decriminalization bill so Mm -hmm. um it still would leave those substances scheduled as schedule on substances and you won't be able to go buy them or, like, just, you know, do whatever you want with them. But right. it would at least alleviate a lot of um, law enforcement resource time right. and everything so we can focus on bigger, badder issues, which there are many. And so – and same with the local policy reform movement. I think, like, 45 out of – and I'm misquoting numbers, but only by less than a dozen – out of like 46 city council members that have voted on this issue in the past, we're all in favor. So if you can right. educate them properly, like this can happen, and and it's happening so fast. And um and then even like Ann Arbor, I believe after they passed their resolution, the district attorney came out and like said that like he, they're not going to prosecute cases. So like it's just the more education you can get, and so, like yeah, we're seeing like really cool support come out, and people like I said with Denver, like no one died, no one mm-hmm. got you know. Really that was hard. last year. So that passed in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. So it's been two years now. Yeah, two years. Um, as of May, and and so they just came out with their two year report, or it's coming out at the end of this week, and
0: um, yeah. What do you, do you see any difference?
1: No, absolutely not. Like people, it's it shouldn't be a priority one. It's not very dangerous.
0: Are, are people like in Denver? They openly talk about it. So
1: I mean, it's all kind of like the circles you swim in, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes,
0: and the, the yes. people that I talk to are <laughs> advocates. And, <laughs>
1: We're pretty open about it, but, um, but no, it doesn't affect anything. You know, like people right. go on with their lives, just like cannabis. Like, you right. know, like it's not like on the street corners. You don't see guys running around, like looking right. crazy. Like, um, public nuisance is still like a crime. Like you can't go disturb the peace or like drive or, you know, have them at schools. Like there's all sorts of these layers of protection that like make what this does, um, in practicality like not all that extreme it's just extreme because of like the world that we live in and Mm -hmm. the historic like criminalization and how our laws are set up but like no people go on about their day just as they were before but now hopefully some of the people that get caught up in bad situations or that are you know more likely to run into law enforcement for whatever reason whether it's on their fault or just because of who they are Mm -hmm. um, have like a little bit less of like a weight on their shoulders for you know using a substance that doesn't hurt anyone and you know, right. that you're using in private and that's on your property and so so no there hasn't been like any significant like noticeable like change no, to yeah. the behavior
0: of anyone um, it's done nothing but about.
1: again like even though like city officials came out and said like yeah nothing nothing bad interesting happened. and so it's exciting
0: do you think what do you think is gonna happen once it becomes I mean you don't think anything's gonna change here either if it becomes, de- de- becomes decriminalized
1: um I think the that, whole state yeah the whole state would be incredible I think that it would generally look the same because as I said like people use these substances already mm-hmm. um, so if we can prevent some people to going from going to jail for that mm-hmm. um, great but like it, California's you know we we're such a progressive environment like they're around people are using them people are using them safely Mm -hmm. and we'd hear more about it if people weren't able to use them safely right but you don't really because it's not a law enforcement priority to an extent and um and they're not dangerous substances so my hope is that people would take the spirit of the bill um and like thoughtfully and you know not try to skirt it and do all of the like set up a massive business or whatever and that's i think they're going to eventually they're going to do that so eventually yes but there's already them right yeah like you know just like cannabis just like anything else like these things are happening it's just how can we allocate resources in a more thoughtful and responsible way and how can we create harm reduction for people so that maybe like you know people won't be afraid to tell their doctor that they're using these substances Mm -hmm. or people you know won't be like so scared to talk to someone else about their experience and or get their product tested or you know like all of these things, or grow their own, so then you know mm-hmm. that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you can be in control of what you're doing. And so um, I think that more good will come out of it. There's always going to be, you know, bad actors. Um, but again, like, these laws are not protecting people right now. So it's just to say, like, well, what are we going to do? People are going to go crazy? It's like, no, like, people are already crazy. and Right. Um, and this is one less thing for people to be crazy about like right it's just it's just you know so i'm i'm very optimistic about it i think more harm is being caused from people using drugs while they're illegal than they would be using drugs while they're not legal and the mm-hmm. people that are going to use drugs now are going are the same people that are going to use them then you mm-hmm. know so
0: like only people will start using it if they become more educated on it
1: yeah yeah but like yeah it's not going to you know create this like influx of like oh i only you know i never did it before now right. i'm gonna go wild it's i don't like, think people are gonna you know, do that like, yeah exactly. people didn't do
0: that with weed people so. might be
1: more willing to talk yeah. about it and won't be so ashamed of it mm-hmm. like you know like like even with cannabis and like you know like mom's consuming cannabis and stuff it's like there's like such a stigma about I know, it I hate it's like that. okay but you can drink your glass of wine and take I a I hate Sanix that no judgment on yeah no but i
0: hate that. i hate i hate the but the, it's just yeah. yeah it's like
1: this like super, superiority of yeah. uh, mind altering compounds caffeine sugar everything mm-hmm. is 100% uh, sugar's we just the biggest put drug a label on it yeah
0: caffeine's one of the biggest drugs too exactly and mm-hmm. alcohol is
1: dangerous like and i love all of those things but like to say one's better than the other based on the science that we have is just not true. Like
0: It's the way we're marketed.
1: Yeah, and it's just how we're taught. So we're taught that these things are really bad because they're labeled as bad by the government. But if you look at the research on both of these things, like mm-hmm. it's just, that's not the case. And so obviously there are risks, like again, disclaimer, like no legal advice. Right. Don't go out and break the law. But like there are risks drugs associated Drugs are still with, fully illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are risks with using any mind altering substance, right. um, including pharmaceutical drugs, including alcohol, including coffee. But the research continues to show that if done thoughtfully and responsibly, these are very safe compounds mm-hmm. and so i think I think that's what I have to stand behind in that like i can't i i I just don't see a scenario where it would make the community worse off than it is by having less people go to jail for doing what they're already doing,
0: right. Is there any other states you guys are working on for decriminalizing? Sure. So um, we
1: Michigan is one okay, that we're yeah. uh, working on, which is exciting. And then Colorado's in the works. It's kind of in preliminary okay. stages. We're focusing on Denver right now. Um, that's kind of separate from decriminalized nature, but um, my home. So I'm, yeah. I'm very heavily involved there. And then um, Florida introduced a psilocybin therapy bill, but I'm not sure that it went very far. And then um, New York also, so there's a lot of really cool advocates working. New York on also, New York. So there's a bill right now that would deschedule psilocybin. Um, there's a there's a psychedelic research bill that's been introduced that would create like a state department subdivision to mm-hmm. um, add like an IRB so that they can expand access and kind of focus on psychedelic research, which is great. And there's also another bill that would decriminalize um, simple possession of all drugs, so like not significant quantities, but would at least eliminate all of this, like, ridiculous, you know, just time spent that we're spending to incarcerate people for having something in their pocket. Right. You know, like, um, and we're paying for them to be housed there and to ruin their lives and to go through the criminal justice system when, like, simple possession is simple possession. If you were, you know, assaulting someone, you'd be charged with assault. You Mm -hmm. know, like, if you were driving under the influence, you're getting a DUI. But this is, like, possession just because it's under your control. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not—it's a very safe, like, you know. So— um, so that's exciting. New York has got some really great advocates working there, and uh, they're working some stuff on and New Paltz in New York City and some local resolutions. There's a really great group of brilliant people working to get reform there. And then um, I also got to work with uh, Decriminalized Nature Philly, and they've drafted wow. a cool resolution that they're working on kind of getting through the process. And there's advocates. I think Decriminalized Nature works with, like, over 120 different, like, there's chapters all over, including internationally now too. So it just shows like it, it can be done if you have a passionate group of people that are willing to educate and learn and like and support it. Like, I mean, I, this is all, you know, passion project. Um, yeah. But but it's happening and, it, and it's been successful. And and yeah, no emergencies yet. So it's no.
0: Exciting. Well, I'm so thankful that you came out and shared this knowledge. It was so me. nice to meet you. I know it's first you. time meeting you, yeah. but I just feel like we hit it off very well. And, and- now we have summer plans. Yes, and- <laughs> no, we really. And yeah, you're going to yeah, be out here sure. moving officially.
1: Absolutely. So I'll be here for the month of July and um, and then onwards. So
0: perfect. Well, yeah. I'm excited. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Shall We Talk. Thank you, Courtney. Of course. Can you, if you want to plug in, where everyone can reach you?
1: Sure. So um, Instagram is global. and then um, www. Barneskaplan.com So B-A-R-N-E-S-C-A-P-L-A-N is my law firm website, awesome. but I'm on LinkedIn and and Facebook and
0: that's about it. Awesome. Thank you everyone. And you can follow me at Toke, S-H-A-L-W-E-T-O-K-E. And that's toke.com and E-S-Q at toke.com. Thank you again for joining us for our session. We'll see you next time.